you're a you're a tough Hawks Bay chick. I yeah, I can. I'm strong. Mm. I, I tell you what. On a Saturday afternoon, Dan, after the lawns have been mowed mm-hmm. and the and the lawn clippings are all in the back, and we've got a big backyard. You know this, Dan. You've seen my backyard. Yeah. And when that's not a euphemism, it actually you've seen the lawn. <laughs> And once the once the grass has been clipped, my backyard brings all the boys <laughs> to the, to the big, milkshake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> goes in the big woolen, you know, the wool fadge thing, and oh yeah, fadge, my favorite, one of my favorite words. Great word. Yeah. Um, and then you have to hoist it onto mm-hmm. the trailer to then take it to the bio waste green waste yeah. place. Me, me, yeah. I can lift a massive, big fadjo grass. Yeah. That's what I can do. Not many people can do it. Oh. Me, I can do it. I'm strong. So anyway, I went to this trainer yesterday, Chris Eaton, shout out. Oh, nice um, plug. Ex-Magpie rugby dude, um, very good. And I said, right, Chris, I need to lift some weights because apparently women of my age need to do more of that. He's like, okay, number one mistake is I was really good at the weights that he first put on. He's like, oh, that's quite easy for you, isn't it? And I'm like, eh, eh. Mm. He goes, oh, I'll just yeah. up it a little bit and we'll do another rep of 10. I'm like, yeah, sweet, bring it. Yeah. That was quite easy of you too. We'll just keep... That was not good. I should have just... Faked it a little faked bit. Faked it. Yeah. Because now I've got my coffee and I can lift You're it like to, my, <laughs> to my lips. You have and to meet I'm it halfway. shaking. You should have seen my hands on the steering wheel. It was mm. in my car when I left there. Not good, dear. Mm. Not good. I was a hazard on the road. I wasn't even... I went to try and put my socks and undies on this morning. Oh, like it took forever. I'm like going, oh, 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 trying to lift. You heard my it here first, Yvonne. Up above my knees. Puts her socks on <laughs> one foot at a time, like I the do. rest of us. <laughs> well, do you know what? Here's a question for you: Are you a sock, sock, shoe, shoe person, or are you a sock, shoe, sock, shoe? I'm typically a sock, shoe, sock, shoe because of this kiwi uh phenomenon of being barefoot all the time mm. you kind of have to wipe the foot before you put the sock on then the sock and while you got the foot up and the sock on you might as well put the shoe on right away and then you know i'm so proud then, of how you're assimilating i am that's just a big this took years of assimilation when i lived in philadelphia i would just jump into my shoes two at a time you know what i mean and just, yeah like in know, the cartoons yeah yeah mm, mm. Uh, but i but i myself have been on a a little bit of a this, this, I, I do want to talk about this for a second. Uh, not me, but the the whole sort of dry January and uh, and what you roped me into the other day because I was on a, a three day fast when uh, Yvonne. I was towards the end of it when Yvonne sent me a text or a, you gave me a call to yeah. help you out with a favor. Yeah, and uh, it was to help judge some. Uh, non-alcoholic beverages, Correct. which actually was decent timing because I was scared if I hadn't ate anything for a few days that I would just dive right into a, ta- a giant tasting. Um, and I actually found it um, pretty educational, pretty interesting. Uh, but and you did well, by the way. I was uh, you. You're good, I know, you have you're to go through good those judge. those you're notes. There's a lot of scribbles. Um, I have practiced a lot <laughs> on other things, but I um, no, I found it interesting and. Uh, I'd probably need to open my eyes a little bit to it because I've always been like, I've, you know, I worked in bars and everything growing up and I just never understood the near beer and zero alk thing. And they were probably pretty terrible back in the day. They sure were. Uh, There's a couple decent ones that came out early on from maybe Budweiser or one of those big guys. But 
I just thought I'd drink water, you know, like I just, and, and I, I, I am sort of understanding now, like, especially after that tasting, there was a couple wines where I was like, I would pair this with a food, mm. you know, like I could see yeah. that. And there's some mental, you know, maybe there's a, helps you get over the mental edge a little bit. Like you just had a little bit of a, a little extra enjoyment with your meal because you tasted yeah. something rather than just water. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And what did I say? What did I say in the middle of that tasting, Dan, when we were talking about that there are a lot of people that are still, a lot of people, including brewers and winemakers here in New Zealand that are very anti the zero alcohol movement, which is, by the way, the fastest growing beverage category on the planet. Mm. And it is not slowing down. If anything, it is juggernauting, right? Mm. It is exponentially in, you know, gaining popularity. Um there are still people that are very negative about it and to which I have a problem with that because let's say you don't want to consume alcohol for whatever reason. You could be pregnant. Mm. You could be just wanting to do something healthier. You could have a medical issue. You might be on prescription meds that say you don't, you should not have any alcohol. Um, you could be alcoholic, mm. you know, and just trying to, to, to get that out of your system. But you still want to socialize. You still want to go out and um, go to restaurants, go to parties, be with your family, your friends, and that kind of thing. So why should adults, if the technology is there to do it, um, and the quality is there in terms of the ingredients that can be used, why should adults be relegated to the kids' table of yeah. drinks, <laughs> of water, mm. and juice, and Coke, and some crap bag mocktail club soda with lime i was always a yeah, big fan but you know yeah. the thing is here in new zealand if you're a dude and correct me if i'm wrong dan but i i don't think i'm wrong because i am a dude actually you're, a dude, you're not wrong but um you know i've grown up with lots of dudes in new zealand culture having a green bottle in your hand mm. when you're standing around at some barbecue or some party or whatever um is is like a security thing it kind of you make you f- it makes you yeah, feel think part that's of things. Just New Zealand it's too. Just, I've seen that in a, a lot of in it's the bar good, growing up. Was yeah. like you know, just give me one of these and yeah. and, and, uh, so, and they won't bother me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they don't bother you. And the amount of times and New Zealand New Zealanders are terrible at doing this. They're like when people their friends are not drinking booze. They're like, what are you doing? What's happening? Yeah. Are you pregnant? Yeah. What are you doing? Are you health kick with that? Mm. You know, come on, just have it. One's not gonna kill you. Uh, 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 when, are you, when are you going to have a beer again? But what are you, on the juice, pussy? Yeah, All yeah. that shit. So if you've got that little green bottle in your hand, you even tend to get left, alone. To get left alone. Same mm. with having a glass of wine in your hand. If that wine doesn't have any alcohol in it, no one else knows. Mm. It's, it's great. It's a great thing. And we should be encouraging, you know, it, as a... I would. I think that I made this comment during the tasting uh, that I think it was fun. It was slightly ironic that I thought some of them were gateway wines. <laughs> like some if of them were are what wines? Gateway wines. Gateway like, wines. You, know, you, you go, did say that. Like one of the Chardonnays we tasted. Mm. I was like, oh, this really gets me in the mood to drink a, a real Chardonnay. A real Chardonnay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is great <laughs> if you can. But if you want to just have that taste of Chardonnay. Without all the, um, without the alcohol, yeah. Then we had a gr- there was a really good Chardonnay there, yeah. It re- and I say really good in terms of the spectrum of quality for zero alcohol Absolutely. wines and compared beers compared to others. Compared to others, which is, um, you know, they're they're improving all the time. So I was very pleased. So look out for um, Dish Magazine issue one one four, 
um, Should be a tasting panel. So when it'll do be you think around come out? Um, March. Oh, this will be out way before yeah, that. So that's yeah. good. Yeah, so you can look forward to it. And, and this, it. sorry to cut you off a little bit, but uh, is a really interesting interview. Mm. Uh, you know, this gorgeous, Speaking of news. yes, gorgeous, sunny, uh, warm day and relatively great summer we're having. Uh, you can quickly forget where we were at uh, a little less than a year ago mm. in Hawks Bay. And uh, this interview with Chris Hyde was uh, pretty eye-opening and interesting uh, to hear it from uh, the cyclone from his perspective. Yes. Now, Chris Hyde, if you weren't aware, is the editor of Hawks Bay Today, which is part of the uh, NZME group. So, you know, the New Zealand Herald and their affiliate regional newspapers. Um, He's the editor. He was a reporter for Hawks Bay Today for um, a couple of years before leaving and then coming back as editor. I believe he's the youngest ever editor that the newspaper has ever had. Um, And he just was, he'd only been there a short time, really, just a matter of months before suddenly this insane weather event just drops on our region and causes chaos, carnage, heartbreak, just horrible things and um, and he's the head of the newspaper and yet there's no power there's no comms um, there's a whole lot of stuff going on that he couldn't get into his building couldn't get into the <laughs> actual building because of the the you know the security system with the doors and all that so it's it was so interesting listening to how he and his team at the newspaper were able to share information get the stories out um, to the greater, um, you know, the greater New Zealand media, but also just amongst people in Hastings, Napier, Havelock, all the rural environments, how they covered this insane event. Um, really interesting to hear how they've um, cyclone-proofed or f- future f- f- <laughs> future-proofed um, for that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. No, so, it's a um, totally different perspective, and and a one that was really, you know, on the ground. And mm. though we weren't getting, we started getting updates sort of later and later, or later on, I should say, they were happening with this team. We're like really in the mix of it. Yep. And the uh, photographers and yeah, the writers was, and everyone. And so, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this one. This is a uh, um, really interesting story and we were very very uh great to see you're very happy to see chris come in and, and spend some time with us and now i see him in the neighborhood all the time you know it's, it it's that's it's one of those like things that. with hawks bay is like once you meet somebody you feel like you see him all the time i'll probably see him at the airport like Bound i see to. everybody else you know <laughs> <laughs> uh cheers enjoy chris Hyde. <laughs> Is that too too poppy and loud? Um, I'm re- um, no, I think if it's you're okay. right there, you should be fine. Fab. Okay. So, are we starting? Have you already started? I've already started. Dan, or, D- Dan does this. He just yeah. kind of hits go when you don't even know. So Fair enough. Yeah. I think it's designed so that in case we say something scandalous and, and rude and offensive, that it's all caught on tape. Yeah. And yeah. he can <laughs> use it against us in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Hyde. So good to have you yeah. on Bays of Our Lives. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Super exciting. Um, do you know, I'm, we're going to ask you to introduce yourself. Yeah. So my name's Chris Hyde. 
I am the editor of the Hawks Pay today. Um, I don't know really what more, more there is to say about me other than that. I come from a town in the South Island called Timaru. Was there on the weekend? <laughs> were you? Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing in Timaru? Passing through. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody does in no, Timaru. No, no, no. Okay, fair enough. No, I was passing through on the way down, uh, on the way there. I had to go and, um, how do I say this? Sort out my, my son, who's just finished university. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mates had let him down in terms of moving gear to a flat in Christchurch, and so it was like, Mum, come and help, you know. So, oh. so I had to do a last minute flight to Christchurch, hire a cargo van, you know, boot down to Dunedin, and of course, you go through Timaru. Timaru, sorry. And on the way back, though, we stopped in Timaru and got a really fantastic Chinese. Cool. Yeah, yeah. and. There was a small child on the footpath outside the uh, the Chinese uh, restaurant who um, needed had stubbed his toe oh. and needed numerous wow. plasters and of course I always have them so I did a good deed I <laughs> I fixed a child's uh, I cared for a child's wound she's now a Timaru hero <laughs> in Timaru yeah. and then we went upstairs to this very grand Chinese restaurant and um, and got a really good egg for young. Nice. What was it like growing up there? <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. Um, I no, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a great place to grow up. I grew up in a tiny rural schoolhouse um, on the outskirts, kind of five minutes drive from Timaru. Um, I still can't say Timaru correctly because mm. I just like that's one of the things about place names, right? You grow, yeah, up, you you grow up there yeah. and you just learn. I say Timaru, right? Yeah. But. Uh, I'm working my way through it in my mind. <laughs> it's all like the it's time. like my hometown. Yeah. You know, we grew up with it. Takapa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Takapo. Yeah. Yeah. So it is really hard. I do, yeah. but you know, you're trying. Yeah. We, I'm tr- I we try. Get there. You know, yeah. we, we do it. Um, yeah. So I grew up five five minutes from Timaru in the schoolhouse of Salisbury School. Um, my dad was the principal. Um, oh yeah. Of my my <laughs> primary school. Fun times. Um, which only had three teachers and sixty kids. Um, and it was um, about two years after I left, the ministry closed it down, um, oh. and they they merged with another rural school around there. Um, yeah, so I still go back there sometimes, and I see the old haunted pool with the changing sheds oh, still on it. Oh, lo- looking, looking around my life at that time, um, you know, the biking around the school. Yeah. Can you swim sort of down there anytime? Like, is there a beach? Is there a Caroline Beach or something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, Caroline Bay Beach is a, a good swimming spot. Um, it's it must cold, though? Or? No. Well, to, well, well you grew it, up tough. It'd be cold yeah. for you. Of course it would. Because you're a sock. I have that Mediterranean in, blood. In, in summer, Timaru is actually hotter than Hawke's Bay. Um, mm. it, 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 get, it, get, it gets the extremes. Mm. Um, like, I think probably the one of the one of the hottest days in history was recorded in, in Timaru for New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. For that way. Um, and also one of the coldest, you know, so it, it, it has its extremes. Yeah. Mm. So, childhood in Timaru, high school in Timaru? Yes. And yeah. then uni? University, I went to Canterbury University, or University Good. of Canterbury. So did I. Um, Excellent. So, I travelled up, up there, I stayed in the halls for a year, went flatting. Um, and did a Bachelor of Sociology and Media. Huh. Um, and then... Trendy. 
Then just sit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of, the, one of those, it's kind of one of those degrees where I just wanted to do whatever the hell I wanted. And so yeah, I yeah. just did a whole lot of papers about really random subjects, which sociology allows you to do. So I did like the sociology of death. Like, oh, like stuff deep. like that, you know, like yeah. just really all, all this exploring Wait, stuff, the, you know. Yeah. Maybe we don't want to go there. <laughs> you the, probably don't. Want to I want to go there. Sociology yeah. of death. I'm doing that one day. Yeah. Sociology of death. A, a lot of it talked about like um, why we, as a society, don't um, deal with it well. Don't deal with it well <laughs> and hide hide it as much as ah, we can with right. with weasel words like. Undertaker is no longer a word because it's terrifying. What do they co- call it now? Coffin is no longer a word. What, what are they? Wait, aren't they? Casket. We say casket, oh, casket. and funeral director. Right, funeral. Yes. okay. We, we, yeah, we, I understand we, now. We soften it at, at every possible opportunity. I think okay, do you know what? Yeah. Just before, I, before yeah. you um, jump in, because we're on a podcast, yeah. I'm just going to do a plug for one of my favourite podcasts, and you may, heard of, may have heard of this. Yeah. It's called Where There's a Will, There's a Wake. Have you heard of it? I have not. Oh my um, gosh, it's fantastic. Listeners, it's fantastic. It's hosted by Kathy Burke. Kathy Burke, right? She's an actress, comedic <laughs> actress from the UK. She was on like um, Absolutely Fabulous, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, fast shows, sketch shows, that kind of thing. She is absolute gold, does the best um, Twitter take on what it means to be woke that I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, Kathy Burke does this podcast called Where There's a Will, There's a Wake, and she invites all these um, really well-known people from the UK on the podcast to talk about how they see their death and yeah. working out and what's their funeral going to be like, what's their wake going to be like, what's their last meal going to be like, who gets all, this, all the shit in their will, who are they going to haunt, what are they going to come back as, you know, how are they going to get from the place or of whatever of their death to the funeral, so they get to choose their... Vehicle, vehicle yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. What's their casket coffin going to look like? It is pants weddingly funny. Uh, just all these, I really recommend the Joe Lysett episode. Yeah, but you wet your pants a lot. I wet my pants. <laughs> Two natural births, Dan. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so the, carry on. But it's, but it's great. Sorry, it, it is a wonderful way for, um, you know, for people to actually think about death, dying, and what they really want and some of the funny aspects of it. So anyway, that's my plug. Karen, do do. Karen. So you're doing a lot of writing already at uni. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean it's different sort of writing, right? You know, it's it's academic writing, um, which is completely different to, mm. to journalism. Yeah, um, you have to back yourself. You have to like write notes and footnotes and references <laughs> and things. You know, journalism. We just trust them. Yeah, and you have to kind of obfuscate everything with <laughs> with language that makes you sound smart. Whereas journalism, you're trying to sound dumb, so that well, not dumb, but you know, yeah, you're trying to you're talk trying to the people, to talk to the people, not and, an academic. Have people understand. You. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my university. I after three years, I decided to do a, um, a journalism course at Canberra University. Um, the the day that I was starting was the Christchurch earthquake. Mm, I was there. Um, I'm sensing a trend here, but go on. I heard, yeah. I heard uh, <laughs> you've been thrown into some other yeah. positions at rough times. So I, I traveled up to, they they gave me a course up in Wellington, Massey mm. University, um, with some um, really cool people up there. Um, and I studied there for a year. And then from that, was offered a job at the Manawatu Standard. Manawatu Standard, props. Yep. Yeah, so that was my first journalism job, coming into a, a paper as its first ever digital reporter. 
Um, so roughly what in, year would this have been? This is 2012, okay. 2012 yeah, so, 2013. Yeah, yeah, we social were, media and well, internet all, you know, was actually pretty behind the times to yeah. only have me as the first kind of yeah, digital reporter. Um, <laughs> but but they'd, they had a real focus at mm. that time on it. And we'll be right back. How do everyone? My name's Yvonne Lorcan and I'm the co-founder and chief tasting officer of winefringe.co.nz, the best wine subscription service in all the land. And it's the best because my team and I hunt high and low to find delicious wines that we match to your individual taste buds. We do, by science. And then we deliver them to your door at a price and frequency that suits you. Essentially, we match wine to people. Now we know you want to try new wines, we know you're curious, but we also know that it's really hard to break free from those boring, same old, same olds from the supermarket. So we take the hassle and the guesswork out of choosing great wines because if I know how your taste buds work, then you can trust me to go and find those wines for you. And it's super easy to do. So go to winefriend.co.nz, click on Get Started to fill out our fun questionnaire that helps me understand how you taste wine, choose a plan that suits your budget, choose your combo of red and whites, choose your delivery frequency, pop in your payment and delivery details, and then sit back and wait for a whole new world of wine to open up. And... If you use the word Yvonne as your promo code, that's Y-V-O-N-N-E, then you'll automatically receive an insanely excellent 24% off your first subscription case. Yes! So the plans are flexible, you're not locked into anything, you can buy more of the wines you love with a simple click or tap and become a wine friend. We'll all live happily ever after. Cheers! Okay, let's get back to the show. Um, Which was really cool. Um, and it just meant I could do it was, what, what it was, I was. Who was the editor there at the time? Uh, Michael Cummins. Michael Cummins. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he's great. Yeah. I was writing a wine column at the time. Yeah. Um, fantastic mentor. As mm. um, a young Juno, he became editor, I believe, at 27 years old. Yeah, um, young which and is, fresh. Yeah, um, really throwing yourself in the deep end um, of a provincial newspaper, which is quite conservative. Um, and he, he thrived. Um, so I... I look up to him a lot and still still chat with him occasionally even though right. he was over in Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was he recruited me and then recruited me for his cricket team as well. Uh, as one does. So, what do you play? What's your what's your strength in cricket? Oh, I don't have a strength. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there for the numbers. I, I try and bowl a bit of spin. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Okay, so you're at the Manor Two Standard. How long are you there for? Uh, I was there for twenty months, which I just less than two years. Yeah. Um, and then I. Um, I actually, at that time, I was taking cricket relatively seriously, and so I decided that now, now or never, um, and so I, I got offered a position at a UK team um, in, the, in England, and so wow. I, went, I went over there and I... Semi-pro. I, well, they paid me £5 a game to, um, <laughs> Large and to, in charge, to get Chris. there, basically, um, and um, then I had to basically pay it back to, um, <laughs> to, to get the afternoon tea. Because um, tea is very important yeah, um, of as course. part of the, the English cr- cricket scene. Oh, really? Um, so well, the pound is strong, though. Yes, that's true. The pound is strong. One gets a lot of you sausage rolls and cream buns. You can save one on tea. Yeah, yeah. Get you there eventually. Yeah. So that was a neat experience. And then I just traveled, traveled right. Europe after that for a little bit. So uh, you uh, so fast forward yeah. to um, into the 2000, uh, like late um, 20-teens, you ended up 
in Hawke's Bay, what, 2017, 2018, thereabouts? 20, 2018, I think I moved here, yeah. And so, what, you just saw, saw a job and thought, Hawke's Bay, it sounds fun, or what, what, what were your reasons for coming here? Yeah, you know? I, think, I think it was that a lot of people's reasons for coming here are also mine. Um, so, I was working in Wellington, and I was um, homepage editor for stuff at that time. Um, I was doing some pretty crazy hours, um, mm. so it was sort of three to elevens, four to twelves at night. I was mm. I was mainly the late late shift homepage editor. Stressy, um, which meant I covered some amazing things, mm. you know, when they when they happened. Um, but had a young young child, mm. um, three month old, and just kind of decided that wanted a a nine to five where I could raise in a place where I could raise a family, you know, um, and so we. We saw a job up to up here, yep. and I moved up here. Yay! Yeah. And it is a great place to raise a family, isn't oh, it? Oh, isn't it fantastic? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's six years old now, and she's, oh, she's thriving. Oh, yeah. that's so great. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're mm. here for a couple of years. This is the first time you've met Chris, mm. and it's yeah. kind of our first. I, I feel like I've met you on social media and, and online, and they're like, you know, I've been stalking you for years. <laughs> um, he doesn't know this mm. until now. Um, Most so of I kind of, you know what it's like on socials. You kind of feel like you know a person. Stalking. Stalking. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so sorry about that. So I just see my inane cricket posts all the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you end up being head reporter yeah. at Hawke's Bay Today, the newspaper, which has been in Hawke's Bay for, is it how many, 170 something years? Or? Well, the paper itself is 25 or yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but, tw- 28 yeah, years but, old now. But yeah, definitely it's... It, Going back to the Hawkes Bay Herald Tribune yes. and Daily Telegraph, yeah, at least 160 years, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah a long time. Yeah. Um, and then you left for a little while, is that yeah. right, a year or so ago? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, two years now. Um, I, I decided that I'd go back to my old haunted stuff and mm-hmm. give reporting a go again. Um, so I became a national reporter for stuff, working out of my kitchen bench in Hastings. Um, yeah. Just... Yeah, basically writing whatever I wanted for for a time. And that sort of pandemic-y yeah, weirdness. Yeah. yeah, I did a bunch of like COVID explainers and like trying to to help people understand what was happening with each different variant, which was that was probably fun. Yeah, really nice comments and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every time you do one, you you'd get a bunch of people um, saying that you were some sort of shill. Yeah, um, yeah, and but, denier you know, and all that. Yeah, um, we're just trying to help basically mm. um yeah I, I really enjoyed that um but then obviously craig um who was my editor when i was chief reporter at hawks bay today he decided that he wanted to take a step back from from the the fast-paced grind of of daily news and and do what he wanted he's moved up north to hikarangi in northland and that's open right. an antique shop. Has he? God, yeah. That's my dream. Yeah. Not not to necessarily move to Hikurangi, but to stay in Hawke's yeah. Bay. But to open an antique shop. Yeah. Maybe antique shop slash bookshop slash uh, record shop. I think that's slash what it wine is. Shop. Slash wine shop. <laughs> that's basically what it is. So you is it? Definitely hit him up for tips. God damn, I wonder if he'll franchise. Yeah. <laughs> it has to happen. Yeah. But so you thought, do you know what? Um, I, I quite like a calm life. Yeah, I'll I'll become editor of Hawks Bay today. Is that what you thought? Uh, so you basically just went, I'll I'll do that. Yeah, basically, I I just said I, I think I can do it, so why not do it? And yeah. leapt in, and it's been, and it is crazy because you were what was that sort of middle of last year thereabouts? Yeah, August. Yeah. August. Okay, and then six months later. Yeah, 
cyclone time. Yeah, that was um, one hell of a deep end um, mm. to go into for a first major news event. I mean, mm. so Cyclone Gabrielle, February the fourteenth and thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, and how? I mean, play that out for us. What? What actually? As the editor of the newspaper, what was your kind of? When were you alerted to the seriousness of it, and what were your first kind of moves, calls? Yeah. What did you do? A week before, we knew it was going to be yeah, significant. Yeah, yeah. We, we genuinely we knew it was going to be significant, but we, the warnings were not Hawke's Bay based to, from a, on a national scale. You know, the, the national eye was not on Hawke's Bay. It was on Auckland, mm. Northland, yeah. Bay of Plenty, Gisborne, which had a red warning a lot earlier than us as well. So the feeling was it was kind of going to, Rush us, you know that was that was that was my feeling. That was everyone's feeling. Yeah, um, and we knew it was gonna hit hard, but we hoped that it wasn't gonna be. And we all thought if it did, it, it would be coastal. Yeah, we did. We, we were we were looking out to sea. I mean, we 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 went and bought gumboots. You know, we thought oh, it's gonna be a bit of rain. We'll buy some gumboots. You know, for our Wellington reporters. boots for our mm-hmm. international listeners. Yes. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, the theory was that, hey, Hamina is going to get hit pretty hard. Um, those houses might take a bit of a, a pummeling from the waves and um, there'll be a bit, quite a bit of water in the rivers because there was last week. Um, but I don't think anyone really expected um, what we got. And no one could possibly could have. Um, and so we, I mean, from my personal experience, I've, I was really cautious about, trying not to overhype it you know that's right. one of the other things yeah you don't want to instigate you, you panic. don't want to instigate panic and so you, we i was worried that my headline day of danger which was going to come out on the 14th of february um was was going to be looked back on as you guys are idiots you know mm-hmm. um but i decided to go with it because that's what the warnings were suggesting it was going to be a, a day of danger um and that paper never even reached reached us you know, I have still not seen a version of that paper. No, um, because we get the because our local paper is not printed actually locally anymore. It's printed in Auckland. Yes. And um, whatever was printed couldn't yeah, get to us. You cannot get through the Naputopo Road um, on that morning. That's it, it, would, it was not. And for a was while, it actually it made? Was the paper actually yes, printed? Yes, it was printed. So maybe yep. maybe they could send some copies, and that could be that could be a little museum piece. Yeah. yeah the the only copy that I have seen of it is one that was held up by. Ryan Bridge right. from the AM show on, the AM on National show on TV, TV saying that this is what they were expecting and this is what they got. Um, they didn't get the newspaper though. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that morning or that or that night before, we saw some trees coming down, but it was nothing that we hadn't seen before. Um, and then we were sort of looking at the, okay, we, we think we've got this under control. And so I went to bed and was sort of like, yeah, okay, um, I'll wake up and we'll, we'll see what we've got. Can I ask where you live? Are you Napier, Hastings? Have at, at, that, at that point, I was living in Hastings. Now right. I'm living in Flaxmead. Yep, cool. Uh, I bought a house out in Flaxmere. Awesome. Um, I think I'm the first Hawks Bay Today editor to actually live in Flaxmere. You'd which, be right, I'm pretty I, sure. Which I believe is quite a good advantage for me. I, yeah. I think it's neat to be immersed in that, that community. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I really love it out there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're in Hastings, so yeah, yeah. and I live in Hastings. Dan lives yep. in Hastings, and yep. you're right. We, you know, around us, yeah, 
yeah, heavy rain, bitter wind, yep. fallen trees. Yeah. But we didn't know. No, we, we what didn't was know. Happening. And so woke up and the first kind of thing I saw was the Pukitapu Bridge. Um Hmm. had been swept away. I was like... How did you find that out? That was a photo on Facebook. Right, And so at that point, we had power, we had internet. Um, So I woke up, it was about 5.30am, I think I woke up, because I had reporters. I was like, we need to get the news out as quickly as can about what had happened. So we we had planned and rostered around people. Um, So 5.30am, we're up. Okay, Pukitapu Bridge is gone. We didn't really quantify the magnitude of what that meant, you know, the fact that the water must have been that high. Um, it's a tall bridge. We were just like, well, maybe there's something gone wrong with it. Or, um, and then we saw a photo of Esk taken from about five kilometres away. I think everyone probably saw that photo, even though it's really grainy and horrible and, mm. like, you just can't see anything because it's not really light. And it sort of looked like a lake, and we're like, well, that... that that doesn't look like Hawke's Bay. Um, so we kind of dismissed it in a mm. way. Um, and then, you know, lights start flickering and then out they go. Yeah. Um, photographers ring up at 6.30 a.m. and say, hey, where do you want, want to send me? I'm like, why don't you go out to Pukitapu? The bridge is gone. And can you, why don't you go out to Te Wanga, um, and have a look out there because the waves will be rough. Um, so... That was kind of the last I, I heard from my photographers. One of them was going to Pukitapu and one of them was, was going to, to Te Wanga. We, we managed to get one video from Te Wanga of a giant manhole Yeah, explosion. I remember that. The manhole explosion with yeah. all the water, like yeah. literally spewing yeah. out, like something like out of Ghostbusters yeah. or something, and you know. I, and I got that live during a power cut and then the internet just went down and that was the last post that Hawke's Bay Today could do for, from, from mm. Hawke's Bay for 24 hours I think to be honest um, when the power went out um, and I found myself unable to call so no power no phone yeah I, I started calling and I got through to a photographer he was like I'm at Lynx Road there's rescues there's cars falling in the water there are there's water coming everywhere this is really serious and I could not tell anyone at that point all all I wanted to do was just message the news team put it on our Facebook let people know check on your staff this is this is huge Mm. um and he ended up having to abandon his car on the side of the road um so Lynx Road just just in case you know for those listening Lynx Road kind of connects um Pakafai and the Pakafai area of of sort of Hastings, um, between sort of Hastings, Clive, Napier, with uh, Taradale and the um, eastern side, so Pukitapu and Omaranui and, and those areas as well. And yeah. Yeah. It's like the main road mm. bet- between the two Tutaikuri and Narororo mm. yeah. rivers, mm. you know, going towards Pakafai. Um, yeah, so he, he abandoned his, his car and, and took a ride with a policeman over the um, Tutaikuri River on the expressway, um, obviously documenting what he could um, while feeling a bit sheepish, you know. Um, and then in the, the meantime, our other photographer was going the other way, back over Napier, Awatoto, um, photographing all around there. Um, absolute heroes, those guys, you know, just just 
doing what they could to document what was going on. Um, you know, I I went into the office and we couldn't even get into the office. Um, the doors lock when there's a power cut. Uh, and shoot. And so the Hastings office was not even Accessible. possible for us wow. to enter. We, wow. we, did, we, we had not considered this as a possibility. So everything was kind of going wrong um, for everyone. I know mm, it was, mm. but for us it was going wrong. Um, and so we just, we all kind of stood outside and said, look, well, we have to go back home and hopefully power comes back on. Um, but mm. it didn't. No, you know? it was days. Um, and by the time we were all home, we couldn't contact each other. Um, and so I just kind of, I went to see my kids um, for a couple of hours. I was just like, well, there's, nothing, there's not too much that I can do. I, I kept trying to call. And, and you, you think, I don't know, in movies or in drama or anything like that, if you're in a major news event, your phone rings, right? As yeah. the editor of the... The, the local paper record around here, you yeah, know. You expect to be um, contactable. You expect like you're going to be absolutely inundated, and for two or three hours, my phone was just completely silent. Um, and so I just like started writing about the experience and was with my kids and hanging out with them and reading them stories or whatever. Then I was like, well, this this power is not going to come back on. Um, the phone. I need to find somewhere where it's possible to make a phone call. So I just drove around as much as I could. Um, I f- saw a sign saying, oh, I went to the council building. I kind of decided that that, that was the way to go. Yep. Um, there was a sign saying there's a public, um, what do you call it? Like a meeting spot or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like evacua- a civil Evacuation yeah, centre. Yeah, evacuation centre, yeah, yeah, where they had satellite phones and things like that. Yeah, so I went there thinking, well, they'll they'll have something. Um, they did have, they had a radio playing. Yep. They had um, just some of the more heartbreaking sites of people just like lying on mats and things like that. And you're thinking, my God, this is really serious. Mm. Um and just they were overwhelmed with with people there um could you get um could you get any any connectability any internet anything no, there no so and no. um sorry we'll cut yeah we'll come straight back to that so huge lessons yeah from that in yeah. terms of the 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 um connectivity and comms um availability for for you and and certainly our newspaper, our newspaper building, yeah. um, for our local council and civil defence and the emergency response teams and, and that kind of thing, to 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 have some kind of impenetrable, well not impenetrable, some um, super safe, constant mm. comms access for internet and phone, yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone really knew about Starlink before this. No one you know? knew. No, uh, absolutely, I, I agree. And I, I think it was a real learning curve for mm. a lot of people in, in the worst way. Yeah. Um, one of the big things that we've taken on board is, you know, we need to know where our civil defence centre is and we need to know how we can get to it. And then, to a certain extent, we then rely on civil defence because we can't rely on 
ourselves if everyone else is also down um, we, we have to rely on civil defense understanding that we're a critical medium yeah um, and they they'll help us out so that's changed now so you so you and and your team oh we, yeah we absolutely fully geared we, with we civil know defense exactly and... we know exactly where civil defense is um, and and what they'll do yeah and, and that's what we did after the evacuation center. brilliant we went to civil defense we said hey we need a room um, and they gave us a room with a landline phone um, and so we were able to call up Auckland and just tell them what was going on. Mm. We, I was able to um, get in co- through that phone. I was able to get through to a few people um, in the newsroom and we, we met in that room. Um, and just there was not a lot we could do because mm. um, we still couldn't share videos, photos. Yeah, I was going to ask any, like... Any, any of that kind of thing. What do you think could be... Uh, it just reminds me of... Being around, I was around New York during 9 11, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of lessons learned there, obviously, and lots of things, but there was communication issues mm-hmm. straight away because every mobile thing was jammed up in the area, and you couldn't, there was a lot of people who weren't on cable internet yet or, or, uh, or cable news either, yeah. and they couldn't get their normal signal because, of course, the towers were big signals anyway, but also just everything was jammed up. So there was a lot of things changed at that time and almost like, you know, uh, rapidly put everybody ahead into making sure underground lines and internet. But it seems like here, if there's no power, there's no, there was, there was so many limited options. I was outside the region and I couldn't get new, you know, I was landed in Los Angeles the day that it all kind of went down and I got all these texts and emails from people outside of Hawks Bay and I went oh shit like it was crazy to be getting news from people from Martinboro and Auckland and Wellington and stuff and going I don't know what my family's up to luckily randomly my mother was and father were here and their phones connected because we live close to the hospital mm. so they got power on relatively quick but you think about the rest mm. of Hawks Bay there was no way to get news in and out except for you guys talking yeah to Auckland. Talking to Auckland. That may have been yeah. the only one, right? I mean, so do you think there's, I mean, not, you can't like, yeah, there's no regrets. There's nothing that could have been done different at the time, but is there yeah. any other systems set up or anything else you're aware of that you I think th- will change next yeah. time? I mean, certainly from my point of view, um, I've been pushing around the fact that we should have been able to get in through our doors. Yeah. Um, and at the, the Napier office, we were able to. Mm. We had a generator there um, because of... Um, we also had a radio station yeah. going there, and so the the idea was that you invest in the Napier office because the Napier office then um, has multi level ha- comms. Has multi level comms, yeah. yeah. Mm. And so you know our, our radio team did just an amazing job in Hawkes Bay over that day, just just talking with people. Yeah, like honestly, people could like get tw- through. Twenty four yeah. hours, they were they were talking with people. Um, about the experiences they were going through, honestly, they were. And the radio stations that you that you your affiliates over there are the hits. The hits. The hits. So it's the hits radio. Ad, Adam, yep. and Me- Adam and Megan. Yeah, um, cool. I, I just have so much respect for mm. the shift that those guys put in to to get valuable information out to people. Um, and then you know by by eight pm that night, I had power, and so I was then able to yeah get a little more to, done to send yeah. things through. And so I put through a, a, I just put through a piece based on what I'd written earlier that day, you know. Um, and it then, was a really great piece. I think and, I responded to you on yeah. I, on Twitter. It was 
really it's fantastic. quite quite emotional thinking about it you mm. know just it's really hard when your job is to provide people with information and you can't do it I, you just feel sorry you know I, I just wanted to be able to do so much more and I I, I wish we could have mm. from on that day the following weeks we just ramped up and mm. we were mm. amazing yeah it was incredible um, your team were incredible but yeah that that one day you know I I don't know if I'll regret have regrets about it but I'll, I'll think about it for the rest of my life you know yeah. uh, about what that was like and we will be right back Hey folks, I'm telling you about the latest things going on with Decibel Wines. We've got a new video up uh, on YouTube. Just go to our YouTube page, which is of course under Decibel Wines, and check out this beautiful new video we started shooting during last harvest. We in the vineyard and the winery. Uh, we even took a trip back to Philadelphia to meet some of the folks in my roots, including my brother Jamie, which is really cool. Uh, and it's all directed, edited, and uh, filmed by videographer Michael Farr, who did a phenomenal job of it. And all the music is done by Adahi, uh, our secret weapon in this little project. So we're really excited to get this up. Go check it out. Give it a like. Give it a share. And then, of course, uh, visit us online, decibelwines.com. You can find all our wines up there, including all the decibel wines, our kind of reserved testify wines, and all the new Junta series wines, including the new Albarino, which everybody's excited about. Check that out. And be sure and use the promo code PODCAST, all caps, when you check out for 15% off. Uh, and of course, come visit us here in Hastings in the corner of Paratonga and Warren Street, right in the heart of the East Block, where all the action is, all the great restaurants, uh, cafes, and things to check out uh, visit us here decibelwines.com and here in downtown Hastings book in for a tasting or just rock up we'll probably find a seat for you Cheers. and now back to the show you know it's a it, it is a huge thing and it, it kind of um it reminded because I was at, I was in Christchurch when the when the February earthquake struck as well mm. we were living there and um not having the communication for hours mm. because of overloading of the system, me not knowing where my husband was, we'd mm. only just arrived. He didn't know Christchurch. I knew he was going to get lost mm. trying to find his way home through de- you know detours and traffic and all that kind of thing. <laughs> but also just not knowing yeah. how, how my friends were and you know all of that. And and but also the weirdest thing. And I don't know if you experienced this, but certainly when um, in, we were sort of on the outskirts of, of Christchurch near the airport, mm. so while we had some damage to our house, it wasn't huge. Mm. Um, we got power back at our house very quickly. Our toilets were flushing, apart from a bit of you know flooding from the hot water cylinder. We were we were okay, and it was a cold night too. And I remember being sitting there in the lounge watching with our lights on, with our heat pump on, seeing on television the chaos and the carnage that was literally happening a few kilometres down the road. Yeah. And it was the... I can't even describe the feeling yeah. of what that's like. And on when the cyclone happened, when Cyclone Gabriel happened on, um, you know, February the 14th, you know, 
it was similar in that, well, we didn't have any power we were, where we lived. We'd sort of picked up on, on notes of what was going on in Pakofai, in Pukitapu, Omaranui, Esk Valley, mm. um, Nape, you know, all over. The, and sitting there going, here we are in Hastings, yes, bit of flooding in the backyard, few trees that we loved falling over, but we're okay. Mm. And knowing that a few kilometres up the road, people's entire livelihoods, houses, everything, you know, property just demolished. Yeah. And it's just up the road. Yeah. I mean, I, I, had, Crazy a, I, I had a moment feeling. probably on the Friday night, I think it was, because well, it was a Tuesday, and I, I hadn't, I'd basically done 24 hours for all of those days to just try and get as much as I could out there for people and plan and make sure my team is okay was one of the key focuses mm. for me is just because you've got people working in extreme circumstances where the 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 Napier office became like a community hub where you've got like 100 people and their kids and things like that in there while while the reporters are um, typing out stories and, and you know um, so after probably 72 hours straight or whatever it was I went and got some dinner from an Indian restaurant yep. in Havelock North and there's just people in there like whining and dining laughing away and I just wanted to shake them you know yeah. like yeah. what are you guys doing yeah. you know yeah um, uh, yeah I know exactly that <laughs> feeling I remember yeah. you know because after the Christchurch earthquake I got flown up to yeah. see a um by a wine company to go and see yeah. a concert at Church Road yeah crowded house I think it yeah. was there was crowded house and simply red yeah. and you know it was something I'd committed to ages before. Anyway, I jumped on the plane. It was only days, like yeah. just a couple of days after the earthquake. Days. I'm at. I'm suddenly, you know, at Church Road, yeah. and there's these there's thousands and thousands of people, and they're all happy, and there's they're dancing and singing, and everyone's eating food <laughs> and drinking wine, and beautiful sky, and you know, just this fairy tale yeah. scene. And I'm standing there just sobbing and just wanted to crawl into the port and just I couldn't reconcile it mm. and I also couldn't reconcile myself going I have just left this place mm. and here I am and these people it's, I'm, not sure we're, I'm, not, I'm not sure we're uh, not to get so, so deep weird. but I'm not sure we're meant to or and we're built for that and mm. it's definitely something of the last maybe 50 years but probably more like 30 years where you know say cable news internet news things like that sorry i said cable news from the u.s but you know new, you know quick the quick news and getting you know it's like right now you're getting reports from gaza mm. and you go how can i process this when it's literally nothing that i could do anything about and i and and i feel horrendous and terrible even mm. looking at the images and if it's not right in front of you, I'm not sure we're meant to how how to process that, you yeah. know. And it's really really hard. So you're kind of right at the precipice, or <laughs> yeah. you know, of communicating that. And but it's kind of interesting because you're also a local, mm. you know, to mm. this region. But you know, you maybe you're reporting this to somebody in Queenstown, and they go, oh, you know, and they're only mm. and they and we still hear it like you know, if I go to Auckland for a sales trip, oh, how's Hawks Bay doing? And I, mm. I go. It's okay. It's just really random. Like some people are totally fine. Nothing happened, and some people are completely devastated. And still, it's, and still, mm. and it's really strange. And uh, but 
that is happening that was happening within even Hawks Bay yeah at that point it's strange I'm not sure mm. yeah yeah and and one of the key things that we kind of spoke about as a news team from the start was that we wanted to find the glimmers of hope and in, in amongst what was happening you know we wanted to find the the pigs that survived or the mm. um the people that did amazing things and, and the Risington yeah. water bridge thing yeah, and yeah. exactly cool you stuff know, like that yeah and just we wanted to show the region at its best mm. you know um because that's really important for people in, in a recovery sense i think yeah um is to to know that not everything is horrific yeah um and that, absolutely um because we could focus on just all of the horror that happened and we could just fill our newspaper with it probably day after day if we wanted to sure um and i appreciate that there's a lot that that people would love us to write um but i just don't there's, there's, be there's, there's, balance. there's a balance there's got to be a balance for everyone's mm. mental health i think um and for our readers and enjoyment yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, and sense of place yeah um otherwise they'll feel that that hawks bay is uh, is not in a good place yeah when, when yeah it, when, it, when it is it is it's still a good place yeah you know we still have it's still the best region of new zealand it doesn't yeah. matter that the cyclone has come through it will set us back a couple of years in many places but we will recover mm. so yeah you want to tell people too like yeah it's fine go to linden estate and buy wine <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're you open go, you know yeah. like go, come Brookfield's back to open, come to there, yeah you know, exactly yeah. which i think is happening more and more yeah. um but it's you know certainly three four months into it i was that sentiment was going around even in the wine community where we were saying like, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it's okay. Come back, yeah. you know, don't you, cancel your, your little I've holiday. Had people you know? say to me that we shouldn't even publish photos of the devastation because huh? it puts people off coming. Hmm. And I, hmm. I feel that's a bit much. No, yeah. that's, you don't want, you can't do but, that. Um, you know, I understand the sentiment, you know, um, that we, we do need people to know that Hawke's Bay is okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we had a tough, tough couple of weeks we will have a tough couple of years we're okay yeah yeah and getting better all the time yeah speaking of um tough things though we have to bring up um popcorn chicken gate (laughs) (laughs) so we're fast forwarding to from from the february cyclone straight to this weekend just passed so november 11th and 12th we had the, the mighty Robbie Williams um, come and play two concerts at Church Road. And, um, no, you know, doesn't matter if you're a fan or, of Robbie Williams or not. Um, not happy about all this, you know, ageism reporting that's going on, <laughs> saying that it's all just a bunch of boomers and people that only listen to commercial radio going there. You know, so, you know, stop it with all of that. You can have those sake. opinions and still be happy because you, they're just, filling our cellar doors and restaurants. Do, I mean, you know? And, you know, it's all about a show, but I digress. So you go to Robbie Williams and there's a ton of food trucks, right? So you have to buy your food and drink at the concert. You can't, like the old days, take any food and drink in. You so, can, of course, you can. You can, can you now? You, you can take food in. You can't, ah. you can't take alcohol. Oh, in. right. Okay. Yep. So, this is news yep. to me. Okay. Well, this is good. Yep. However, if you don't take food in and, or if you take food in and you eat it all and, um, and then you're peckish again, there are food trucks and food caravans and things there. Now, 
someone from out of town, a journalist, went to <laughs> one of these food trucks and bought what he thought was popcorn chicken and then opened the container and found that it was some popcorn with, with some chicken with in it. With some chicken, chucks of chicken. And put it on Twitter. So I, I, of course, tagged you in on that, Chris, because I thought it was just horrendous and it deserved some um, an, an editor's response from the local newspaper. What do you, what's the uptake of chicken, <laughs> popcorn chicken cake? Uh, it, it appears that it was a deliberate um, meal that, that they have created. Um, but to be honest, you know, a meal's a meal, um, (laughs) and, and that, that my, that's my theory. And, and, you know, you've got a lot of drunk punters that would actually really love that, I reckon. Um, and so look, respect to the chef that came up with that and, um, Good on you for reinventing a classic. I reinventing guess. is the word. Yeah. You know, I had a theory, Chris, and I and I want you to ponder this. And you, well, you probably already have. I think someone had a, someone set up a food truck, mm. right? Something happened. I don't know. Maybe they got Campylobacter or something and just and couldn't do it. And said to their mate, "Hey, can you run my food truck for me?" And their mate went, "Oh yeah, what's the menu? It's this popcorn chicken, blah blah blah." And he's gone. Ah. Oh, Okay. Hmm. Come on. Everybody's had popcorn not, chicken. <laughs> yeah, and just has gone popcorn chicken. Haven't heard of that. Hmm. Oh, funny combo. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think you're... And I just think did that. I think... No one is going to order a, a container of popcorn sprinkled with some... I did see the photo and it was bits pretty of chicken ridiculous. In it. Yeah. Like yeah. I, okay, chicken and waffles. I can kind of... That's don't get weird. me started. That's, that's amazing. No, 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 no. no, no. no. No, so you don't know odd. your southern food, well, your southern American food. quite happy about that. That's, chicken and waffles, uh, weird, but, chip, we, but popcorn we, we all listen, and chicken we, in it. We all love chicken and corn, so what's the, what's I the think, huge difference? Wait, 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 well, back up a second. Big, big I difference. need to get you a Sunday morning chicken and waffles <sighs> with some champagne oh, oh, okay. or some bubbles. I can eat them all separately. With collard greens. And greens? Yeah. Ch- no, Dan, no. God, this country's too white. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this is not. This is. I'm sorry. Greens, sweet waffles, chicken. Yep. Fried chicken on waffles is one of the greatest you know, meals ever. We're digressing. Popcorn chicken, and but there was a sausage also in the popcorn yes, chicken that, meal. That, that confused me a little bit. Confused um, me a lot. Oh yeah, I saw that on the side. It was not yeah. a great looking sausage either. It was yeah. looked a were, little sorry. Yeah, but there were other things. So anyway, I'm sure there will be an investigation um, but from the be. mission um, because they they care a lot about their their food offering mm. and, the, and their food offering is fantastic. I, yeah. I, had, I had the best, um, you know, pork bun. Brilliant. Yeah. It was just fantastic. Well, a friend of mine so, has um, you know, a pasta track that, you know, the Mama Samore pasta. She, yeah. You know, the gorgeous gluten-free yeah. vegan pasta. You know, she had to go through very strict kind of, you know, they had to pr- look mm. at her menu, check everything was good. Uh, you know, yeah. she had to prove that the food was of standard yeah. for the mission. Mm. So, you know, yeah. how Mr. Popcorn or Mrs. Popcorn Chicken... Slip through. Slip through. Yeah. But I think it does, definitely deserves an investigation. Yeah. Oh, it's brewing at the moment. Oh, it's going to explode. So, so, yeah. <laughs> it's going to um, pop. Yeah. I'm very conscious of your timeline. Yes. So you're we're at 45 minutes now. So oh, okay. I don't know if you got to run, but uh, is there anything else we want to... Well, I just want to know what, you know, what what things are kind of, you know, you know to kind of Marie Kondo this, what's sparking your joy about Hawks <laughs> Bay at the moment? Uh, look, I'm loving... Um, 
the reinvigoration of Eat Street, kind of along here. This yeah, is yeah, Hedatonga Street Hedatonga East. Street East is Eat Street. Yeah, um, I am. It, it's quite hard to explain. I'm loving the fact that the election is over. Yeah. And that we can now move into Praise be. a kind of next phase doing, of New Zealand a doing yeah. phase rather than a yeah. talking phase. Yeah, whether um, you you know whether you agree with the outcome or not, yeah. at least all the the you know the shit fight seems to be sort of over. Yeah, and so like Hawke's Bay now has a a chance to reinvent itself in in many ways, and I I want our paper and just. Um, people in the community to be a part of that conversation we have a real chance to reinvent how we do things in the region after the cyclone um, we can go back to the way things were but then the, these storms are just going to keep coming at us so how do we change and how do we yeah how do, yeah, huge how do, opportunities yeah huge opportunities there um, and I I, my hope is that we don't just say, oh, it's too hard, or, or we don't forget about it, um, and say, let's go back to doing what we were doing, because that was, that was okay. And specifically, you're talking about logging, certain kinds of intensive farming, where we're building our houses. Um, yeah, I think... How we're, we're configuring our yeah. ponds. I think where, yeah. where we're building and how we're building is yeah. probably the most important one. Mm. I know there's a lot of chat about logging and, and horticulture mm. and, and how we where we place it and how we place it. But I think housing is probably the key one yeah. because there's only a certain amount of land in Hawke's Bay that is actually safe for building on. Do you think we'll start there's to some... finally go up a little bit? Or? That's challenging in itself yeah. because then earthquakes we've got earthquakes. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. But I think we can start to have a conversation about I mean, how, Wellington has earthquakes. Yeah. How we go up. But safely, also things like you, you know? can't just have lots more housing if you're not putting in daycare centres and playgrounds and schools. Yeah. You know, all those... And, Basic and, and you also can't just have unlimited housing as no. well because no. droughts are a big thing in Hawke's Bay. Um, we, we genuinely do have to think about how much growth there is um, on these plains. Um, That's how, true. How do, what, is, what is peak housing in, in Hawke's Bay because there's only a finite amount of water. That's right. Um, That's so true. That, that actually is available to go around that will make us survive a drought. Mm-hmm. You know? So... Lots of big, challenging conversations, um, all brought about as a result of the fact that we actually now have a lot of land that potentially we can't build on that people need to then move yeah. um, from. And um, plans for Hawke's Bay today? Any kind of new um, innovations in the mix for, for our local newspaper? I think we are going to... Our, our key thing is that we need to be the paper of record and the paper that people can trust. Um, we... I'm really proud of the fact that during the cyclone, we never made even the slightest mention of the possibility of there being hundreds of people dead or anything None like that. None of we, those conspiracy we, theories we, that were we, springing we, around the place. We did not buy the conspiracy theories. No. Um, and we were proven correct. Yeah. Um, and so that is, that is really our key focus is just to continue being the paper that people trust. Um, that tells local stories, that that shares successes, that that tells, that showcases the warts as well, um, and that entertains people. You know, we 
we love a bit of popcorn chicken because it's whimsical <laughs> and it's um, you know yeah. just something that makes people laugh. Do you know what? It know? makes people we, laugh. We need a laugh. You need a laugh. You need yeah. an eye roll. You need a little bit of outrage every now and again just to yeah. kind of keep the juices flowing, don't you? Yeah. Exactly. And I tell you what, like I'm a, and I know you've got to go, but yeah. I, I'm a news news junkie. Dan knows this because I'm always hitting him with facts and stuff, headlines out of the blue with things. I have been a Hawks Bay Today subscriber since since the dawn of time. I love the fact that how about five in the morning, Dan? Because mm. I'm 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 awake really early. How about five in the morning? Hawks Bay Today's in my letterbox. I get out there. I get my little cup of coffee. I'm in bed with my torch because my husband's still asleep. So I've got my torch off my phone, reading the newspaper, and I just you know it, I love reading about my my place, you know. My Tsuranga Waiwai. I've been here, you know, born raised. I love my newspaper. Through its ups and downs, you know, I still love holding it in my hand. I'm sorry I'm a dinosaur, but I love it. And I really hope that more people stick with their print as well. Yeah, and, and it's they, great. they are in Hawksbane, which is neat. That's we're, so cool. We're a very newspaper region, and I love that. It's uh, great to be a part of. Where, um, where can people... This is maybe this is not a great idea, but where can people find you? Do you want to put your handles out there or anything like Twitter or anything like that? Or yeah, we're not actually on Twitter. Um, no, you are personally. But yeah. Just your cricket. Today, if people it? want to know about cricket, maybe. They <laughs> yeah, can yeah. Uh, Chris Hyde Journo. If you if you want to hear all about the the Black Caps um, this weekend, um, but no, um, go to hawkspaytoday.co.nz. Um, we're on Facebook. We're really active on Facebook, and um, we have a cool community there that we've kind of yep. um, got seventy thousand followers, you know, yeah, awesome. uh, which is which is neat. Um, and obviously, um, come into our offices um, and subscribe to our paper, you know, or, or go and get it one at your lo- local dairy or your supermarket. Yeah. Um, and listen to the hits too. Yeah. You know, they're your affiliate. And they, they, Adam and Megan do a crazy yeah. job. They do such a good job in the mornings. Yeah. 89.5. I think yep. I've been there. I think I did a wine thing with them a long time ago, like a giveaway or something. Did you? Yeah, yeah they're based in Hastings on the, or Napier on the second floor. Yeah, up there. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. I went in and saw those guys. They're cool. I talk to them every Wednesday if you guys want to keep up oh, with me. That's what good time? What time on a Wednesday? I'm at 8 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. Okay, so. 8 a.m., 89.5 yeah. FM. I'll check you out. Hawks Bay. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. I'll call in with like a with a fake voice or something and put in a complaint. This bugger. He'll know, he'll know it's you. You can't stop. You can't take the filly out of the boy. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks, guys. Thanks Cheers. for having me. Okay, ballers. Thanks for listening. We are keen as for your comments um, and hey, ideas for fantastic folk that could be great for us to interview are always welcome. So contact us by email at baysofourlivesmail at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram. Bays of Our Lives is biodynamically produced by Daniel Brennan at Decibel Wines and Whole Bunch Pressed by Yvonne Lorcan. <laughs>